Hey tribe and happy, happy spring. I am so excited about this energy that's in the air. Spring always comes with this rejuvenation of projects and meeting up with friends and to-dos and goals. And while that is all so very good and well, I also hope that you are staying in alignment with your self-care and your rest and listening to your body. Just a gentle reminder to love yourself, especially as this exciting energy is picking up speed. And what better way to honor and love yourself in your self-care than listening to a podcast episode? Today's guest is Amy Baglin, and she is the founder and CEO of Meet Mindful, where she's on a mission to evolve the online dating world. Meet Mindful is one of the fastest growing dating and networking platforms in the world and is connecting the 36 million singles interested in mindful living, meditation, health and wellness, sustainability, spirituality, and personal growth. Amy started her own journey of mindful living after years of growing early stage startups in New York. She wanted to put that same ambition and drive inward towards herself, so she quit her job, sold all her possessions, and bought a one-way ticket to travel through India, Thailand, Bali, and Cambodia for an entire year. She discovered the love of learning and finding new ways to expand mind, body, and spirit. After returning to the U.S. and having a difficult time finding other like-minded people, Amy launched Meet Mindful in 2014 to help mindful singles meet people in their tribe find true love, and offer an alternative to the superficial nature of today's popular swiping dating apps. Word. Amy is a powerhouse of a woman, but also like a gentle powerhouse of a woman, which I think is a really unique and special combination to, to, to be a woman who is really in her power and her voice and her direction and determination while also staying very connected to your softness and ability to receive and let go and be vulnerable. That's basically what Amy is. So today's episode... We're going to cover her background, her story. We're going to first go into how we have this tiny, tiny, small world and some um, coincidences between the two of us. So y'all just enjoy listening in because we're basically just having a conversation and you get to be a fly on the wall. But then we get to the juicy details of her travels and creating Meet Mindful and why she started this incredible online dating platform to begin with. So get excited for that. I think the section, the portion of the interviews is going to be very minimal today. All I want to share with you guys is that there is a new free ebook called The Five Divinely Feminine Tools for Decreasing Stress and Anxiety that is available on my website, maddiemoon.com slash free gift. That will also be on the show notes for this episode. And the next Feminine Surrender, hosted May 18th to the 20th, is filling up very quickly. At this point, I have three spots left. Not sure where I will be by the time this airs next Wednesday, which is really only in a few days. But still, if you are interested in joining us at the next Feminine Surrender, where we are going to be doing acro and connecting and making malas and eating delicious food and being in mother nature in a beautiful mountain town near boulder colorado then you can go to maddiemoon.com events and sign up with a call with me and we can talk about the feminine surrender and see if you'd be a great fit 
So you can head on over and do those things later. For now, let's just sit back and relax and enjoy hearing this insightful conversation about dating and being a modern day female entrepreneur. You are now entering the Mind Body Musings podcast. If you find yourself hungry for growth, eager for inspiration, and longing for self-improvement, welcome home. Hosted by motivational speaker and life coach Maddie Moon, you can be certain you will learn how to change your life in magical ways in each and every episode. Are you ready to stop caring what other people think? Is it time you break limiting beliefs and empower your whole being? Do you know how to use the one life you've been given to the absolute fullest? Join Maddie Moon and her inspirational guests every Wednesday for the life-altering discussions on freedom, vulnerability, abundance, and so much more. For more insight, grab your free gift on MaddieMoon.com and uncover your own once-in-a-lifetime greatness within. If you have kind words to say, feel free to leave a review on the show in iTunes or send your favorite episode to a friend. We look forward to hearing your insights and growing together in unexpected ways. And now, without further ado, here's your host. Maddie Moon. Here we are back on the Mind Body Musings podcast with Miss Amy. And I am so delighted to have this moment and have this conversation with Amy after hearing uh, and reading so much about this wonderful dating service that she has created that I told you guys about in the intro of this episode Meet Mindful. But even cooler, we are so close to each other. You're in Denver, which is so close to Boulder. Yeah, we're basically neighbors. So I <laughs> I'm so to excited this, to be here, too. I, I cut you off um, when we were talking in the intro because I really wanted to say this on air. Um, but I, So you must somehow be um, involved in Techstars? Yeah, well, I was in my company went through Techstars in Boulder two years ago, right during this time. Okay, I thought so, because I was in Techstars. And for anyone listening to this, how would you describe Techstars? It's just this awesome, like, technology startup Kickstarter or program that helps you get on your feet as a startup? So Techstars is one of the world's leading accelerator programs for tech startups. So they incubate, they essentially incubate a company for 13 weeks during the super intensive program where each week feels like a month. And it's, it's, uh, 10 different class, or excuse me, 10 different companies in each class every year. And, um, you go through like a super intense, basically like a boot camp. It's almost like going, getting your MBA in 13 weeks. Um, I mean, we worked like 60, 70, 80 hour weeks and if we learned so much and met so many people. And then at the end, um, Every startup that goes in is very early stage, and so there's a lot of questions that the companies are still trying to answer about what do they want to be when they grow up and how are they going to get there. And uh, at the end of each program, all the CEOs get to pitch at – it's called Demo Night. And they, we got to do that at the Boulder Theater. So I got to be on stage at Boulder Theater pitching my business to a completely sold-out theater of people. Um, so that's kind of like the, the epic culmination of the entire program. Wow. Okay. And of course, and they, they say tech stars for life. So it's an incredible network to be part of. And it, it continues to give and give. And then we give back because give first is their number one value. So they give to founders and we give back to the community as much as we can. Thank you for sharing that with me because 
Techstars is the technology is such a. Of course, I'm a part of it, but what what happens in Techstars is always a little bit over my head. And I know someone that's in this program right now. And in the program, there was one night that was family and friends night, and I was invited. And I got to check out where all the magic happens, and all these awesome startups, these ten companies working their butts off, and this really. Cool, like brainstorming room with all these whiteboards and sticky notes, and it was just really inspiring to be in that energy. And then I saw your picture on the wall, <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I, I couldn't pinpoint it though. I was like, man, this face looks so familiar to me. I have been looking at this face. Like, where where do I know this face? And then I was actually speaking that out loud, and I was like pointing at your picture, and I was like, how do I know this person? And someone was like, oh, Amy. And then it clicked, and I was like, "Oh, Amy from Meet Mindful. Okay, I'm speaking with her soon." And and that's my 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 crazy story. But I I just had to share that with you of how small of a world it is. That is so funny. It really is.、Um, I may I ask who you know in the program? He his、um, his name is Elliot. He's not、uh, from here. He is actually him and his company. Came from London, so they got accepted into the program from the UK, and then flew over here for the three months to really work on it. And I am getting a a, a a very good idea of how intense this program is because,、yeah. man, they are all in there from morning until until night. And, and the person I'm trying—I don't know her name, but the person who was like, "Oh, Amy, I think she knows you." They were creating. Sorry for everyone listening to this,、um, <laughs> but they were creating some. They're creating some really incredible software for when crisis happens, any kind of natural disaster, as a way to get everyone、uh, on some system on board to help people get to safety quicker. And, and I'm probably、Ooh. butchering it, but she she knows you. Somehow. That's awesome,、yeah. and I think that Elliot's company isn't that the.、Um, The fitness, yes,、um, yeah, yeah. I spoke to somebody else on his team, I believe, the other day to just.、Um, I actually did a user interview with them, so that's so fun. What a small world! And, Whoa!、Uh, it's cool that you got to see that you got to see the you know the inner workings of TechStars, and、yeah. I'm not surprised at all that you mentioned Post-it notes because we love our Post-it notes over in the TechStars community, and now we've taken it into my company, and you know this half of the office is covered in Post-it notes, so、uh, it definitely rubs off. And the one thing I will say is you're right; the program is incredibly. In, intense and demanding, and you know you're only there for 13 weeks, so everybody in it wants to make the most of it, and so there's so much overworking and stress, and you know、mm-hmm. it's it's not a sustainable thing by any means, which is why it's so short.、Um, and you know one thing that it would be interesting to go into if if you want to later in this conversation is you know how do you stay sane and balanced and grounded through that process? Like that was a whole. For me, in particular, I was so concerned with that, and、um, that was a really interesting, you know, kind of inquiry to be in. I absolutely want to talk about that because that's going to relate to so many people listening to this, and I'm I'm just really in awe of all that you have created and all that you've built. So let's shift the focus over to you, and I want to hear more about your backstory and the behind the scenes of what eventually led up to creating this、um, this mindful company. That is having so much success, but I know a lot has gone into it. So, if you wouldn't mind diving a little bit deeper into your story, yeah, yeah,、uh, and thank you for saying that. That means a lot.、Um, so, 
my story begins um, back when I was in college uh, in Miami. So I'm originally from St. Louis, Missouri, and I was super bored by the Midwest and was like, I want to go to the East Coast and be fabulous. And so I went to college in Miami, Florida um, at UM, and I was an advertising major and a sociology double major and minored in marketing. And so I was doing a lot of, you know, kind of sales and marketing uh type stuff all throughout college. And I was always interning in startups. And this was back in the early 2000s. And startups were, you know, we weren't in Silicon Valley where startups were hot, like they weren't a thing back then, outside of the Bay Area. And um, I was just attracted to these up and coming companies that were doing cool things. And I loved knowing that I could create something from nothing and have full autonomy over something and be this like inexperienced 20 something, you know, 19 year old, 20 year old and make shit happen, you know? Um, so I was, I was really drawn to getting on the ground floor of companies back then. And, um, I ended up getting on the ground floor of a mobile marketing startup in New York. I moved to New York city uh, a year out of college and started doing sales for, um, it was a text messaging service for businesses. And this is like the mid two thousands when, um, iPhones didn't even exist yet, right? So text messaging was like a really big deal as as a way for businesses to to promote and keep in touch with their customers. So I built that alongside my CEO for five years and I learned a lot. I mean, I did all the customer facing stuff from sales and marketing to customer service and um, business development partnerships and all everything in between. Um, and I loved it. And again, building something from nothing, acquiring, um, some of our biggest competitors and building a team. Um, I did not understand the tech side at all. That's something that I still don't even understand that much, but that's why I have a co-founder and a team. (laughs) And, uh, and so I was living in New York and I started to feel, uh, and I'll just say it like I was, I was your Miami, New York City party girl. Like I loved that stuff and I, I couldn't get enough of it. And what I realized at a certain point in my mid twenties was that I didn't really know who I was and I wasn't really happy. And so, you know, all of that behavior was just a way to mask and hide the fact that I didn't really know who I was and certainly didn't like who I was deeply, you know, deep down. Um, and, I, I really wanted to explore. I had this calling to, to start really finding out like what was underneath all of this, you know? Um, and for me, it was interesting. Like my entry point into this stuff was, it, it went like this. I was living in New York city and on all my, every block that I lived on in all my different apartments, there was a church. And I remember walking in the upper West side past one of the churches on my street and thinking, should I be going to church again after all these years of not going to church? Like, why do I feel drawn to stepping inside this place that I haven't known for decades? And I couldn't quite explain it, but I was really looking for some sort of connection to something greater. And I ended up, uh, I was really getting into holistic health and wellness at the time. And I ended up going to a Gabby Bernstein lecture when Gabrielle Bernstein was like, doing lectures with 25 people in a room. Uh, it is like eight years ago at this point. And um, I went to a lecture and I met a, a woman named Courtney and we found out we were going to the same holistic nutrition school in a few months. And she told me she was training for a triathlon. And I was like, 
I will do this triathlon with you. That sounds fun. And when I found out about it, Courtney, that she was, um, she was sober and she'd been part of this kind of like super hip Williamsburg, Brooklyn sober crowd. And she had all these cool friends and I started hanging out with them and I was like, wow, this is so fun. A group of people who, um, were doing more with themselves and just going out and partying all the time. And I immediately latched on to that. And, um, it, I, I didn't, you know, I, I didn't need to be going to AA or anything like that. That wasn't part of my journey, but it was, um, it was really refreshing for me and it showed me, it opened some doors that it was my first kind of foray into like-minded community. And I thought, this is really cool. And Courtney took me to my first yoga class and it was one of those free Sunday night Lululemon classes. And I remember when I was laying in Shavasana, I was just experiencing this overwhelming feeling of just stillness and, and peace but that peace comes from that stillness. And I didn't know what that felt like. And I remember, <coughs> excuse me, I remember laying there and thinking, holy shit, like this thing I'm feeling is what I've been searching for. It was that, I guess I connected. It was what I was searching for when I walked past all those churches and I didn't quite know why I was drawn to it. It was this connection to my higher self and connection to something greater. And I felt it on that mat that night at Lululemon. And from then it was just like, game on. Like I was so, I, I saw these doors open and I really wanted to explore it. Um, I ended up walking out of a five-year relationship that wasn't working within that same month. I began a meditation practice because my yoga teacher simply told me to sit and breathe. And that was it. And I had no further instruction than that. And that's what I went off of for years um, and developed a deep meditation practice, started going to yoga uh, five, six days a week and started going to a holistic nutrition program shortly after that while still living in the city. And um, that program had 1,200 people that would meet almost every weekend for six months at uh, the Time Warner building in New York City. And it was, you know, that's a lot of people, 1,200 people. And there were they were all stoked about using, you know, mind-body-spirit principles to go change the world. And I was like, oh, I think I found my people like this is amazing. And that was my second time of being just surrounded by like-minded community. And I felt this just intense amount of inspiration and drive to go do this bigger thing that I, I was starting to realize really felt like my calling. And I didn't know what it was yet, but I just knew that what I was doing while it was, you know, making, I was making good living and, the company was doing well. It wasn't my passion. And so between going to that nutrition program and having these aha moments, deepening into my own spiritual path and practice, um, the last straw was reading Tim Ferriss's first book, Four Hour Workweek. Have you read that? I have read that. I love Tim Ferriss. I love everything he comes out with. <laughs> did you so what I did like many people I think do this read that book and was like that's it I'm gonna make a giant life change and that's what I did I decided it was time to go I wanted to go to um, yoga teacher training and I decided to do that in India and I bought a one-way ticket to India and I sold all my stuff and I put the rest of my things in my parents house in storage and went to Asia for a year um, and I I trained and I studied with 
a number of different teachers uh, in different practices. I would bounce around from one city to the next and stay there for a month to three months from India to Thailand, Laos, Cambodia, Vietnam, and Bali. I spent a lot of time in Thailand and Bali. Um, and everywhere I went, it was just a deep, like my goal was self-exploration and just really getting to know who I was more. And everywhere I went, I would get, start to network is a terrible word for this, but start to get to know who was in the community in these towns. And most of them were expats who were traveling around or had made a home in whatever city that I was in. And they, they were these beautiful tight knit like-minded groups of people who were all up to big, inspiring things in the world and living life, you know, on their own terms. And they weren't stuck inside the box of the status quo. And I was like, yes, I want more of that. And, um, I went around, I went around that year of traveling with just a deep amount of gratitude and inspiration for these people. So when I moved to Denver, um, that was about a little over six years ago. I didn't know anybody. Actually, I knew one person, uh, one person here. And I was really big into partner yoga and Thai massage at the time. I was teaching and practicing both of those things. And uh, I ended up having this idea to start an events company called Yoga Dates because about a month into living here, I was super into yoga at the time and I would go to these studios and everyone would just like sit on their mats in silence and not talk to each other before and after class. And I thought that's really weird. Like I just came off of two years of immersing myself in these awesome groups of like-minded people with shared values and mindsets. And we were like really you know, there for each other and learning and inspiring one another. And I went to these classes and I thought, why is everyone just sitting in silence? It doesn't make any sense. And I want to meet people. So I just, I was single at the time and I had been on OkCupid and Match and, you know, the other apps weren't out at the time. This is, you know, six years ago. And I just had this idea to start this events company called yoga dates that would bring together like-minded people who were single and we would do yoga stuff. <laughs> and, and, uh, it really took off. I didn't know what I was doing. I just, I just thought it would be fun. And I started this meetup group and I woke up the next day and there were like hundreds of people in it. And it was half men, half women. And I thought, Oh gosh, okay, let's, let's do an event. And so I would, you know, network and, and, partner with some of the top studios and teachers in town, both in Denver and Boulder. And uh, we would do really fun stuff. We would do yoga speed dating, which was partner yoga based. We would do vinyasa and vino. So we would have like, I know it was so much fun. And we would have like food and wine and like we would, you know, have music and laugh and dance on each other's mats. And it was like, so taking the normal yoga studio model and just like flipping it on its head. And, uh, it was so cool. And people would show up and just be radiant because they were just learning something new and doing something different and really felt like they were in their element. So what was hap- what happened pretty quickly. And I thought it was really fascinating were a few things. And this was what led to meet mindful. Um, the first thing is that people would come and they would say, oh, my God, thank God. I have been on meetup. I've been on match. Like, I'm having the most horrible time trying to find people that are, you know, just like my kind of people that I could really connect with on a deep, authentic level. And this is the first time I've been surrounded by so many like-minded people. Can you do this every week? And I was like, 
I'm so happy that we're providing you this. And no, like that's a lot of work to do an event every week. But, you know, that's really great feedback. Thank you. Um, and that was the first thing. The second was that people would, they would be making connections for dating, of course, but then they would also be going out in groups of eight, 10 people for happy hours afterwards. They would be exchanging business cards. Best friends were being made, both sing, uh, same sex and, and opposite sex friends. And it was really clear that there was something greater going on than just romantic connections. And that was the second piece. The third that I totally did not see coming, but makes all the sense in the world. And when I say it, you'll be like, of course. Um, I would have people who would say, hey, they'd email me and say, hey, you know, I don't do yoga, but um, I, I have a really strong Tai Chi practice. I think these are, you know, people I'd really like to be around. Can I come? Or they'd say, you know, I'm a Buddhist and I don't do yoga. I've never actually done it before in my life, but I think this would be really good for me. Can I come? And I, would, I got a lot of that. And at first I was like, wow, like you've got guts to come to a singles event and you've never done yoga before. That must be scary, right? Um, and that's so cool. And and then I realized it had nothing to do with the yoga at all. Like everything to do with the value set and the mindset and the lifestyles that that my that my members were living. And that's when I kind of looked at everything that I was seeing over the year and a half or so that I was doing these events and kind of looked at the the market and just how the dating industry and even just social networking in general, online communities, they just weren't doing this. Um, and there's a huge opportunity. And so it was, it just all came together. It made sense to go after it. And um, I really did want to get back into tech and, you know, the events were fun, but it's a really terrible way to try to run a, you know, create a big business. So, um, that's that's how it all happened, and, and the rest is history. Such an incredible story and how organic it was built. I, I love the progression and how it really came from a place of, I want to I wanna see this, this void filled. I want to connect people in this way that I love to connect. I want to flip this yoga scene, which we all love, on its head, though, and make it... Um, more about connecting with others simply than just connecting with our own bodies. Like very, very inventive. And thank you. And I, I connect with your story on, on multiple layers. Uh, you're probably not too familiar with my work, but I too traveled around not for a year, but for like half a year around Thailand and Bali and Cambodia. And I do partner yoga and Thai massage myself. Ooh, yeah. I saw some of your pictures and I was like, that, that is some, and it was a really beautiful partner yoga pose as well. Um, we could totally jam. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, um, I'm in Denver all the time jamming. So I would love if you ever wanted to come by and I don't know if you're still practicing that or, or you're wanting to get back into it, but it would be really fun to do that with you. <laughs> Let's talk about it offline. Yeah. But what, what I was thinking is, is what you were saying about the mentality of, um, of the people that were there. And that's really what it's all about is the lifestyle and the, the desire to, to live in this sort of holistic, connected, spiritual way. And that's really what it's all about. It's not about, Oh, I'm going to yoga. I need to go get a, get, get a yoga class in. And it's all about the yoga. And that's the same with, with partner yoga for me. It's like, yes, I love the poses we're doing. And yes, I love the movements we're doing and challenging my body. But 
I'm doing it with another human being and I'm connected and I'm with like-minded people that I can get a drink with afterwards. And it's such a wonderful way to find your tribe is through, is through mindfulness. Like if you are into mindfulness and the bar scene isn't really doing it for you, your people will also be in mindfulness and where you are. So, so, so it's, true. It's you so cool. That you created this platform for people to find those people easily. Thank you. You know, it's, it's been an interesting challenge for us to, uh, say succinctly, um, what, what our community values the most, because, you know, for one person, spirituality looks like, well, for one person, it is spirituality. And that looks like, you know, chanting and going to, to, to kundalini yoga and it might mean you know um reading sacred text every night and you know to some person that is their version of spirituality and you know that's wonderful go go for it and for another person their version of spirituality might look very different it might be you know gratitude practices it might be um it might be journaling it might be prayer you know, and then for another person, it's not about spirituality at all. You know, it's just about deep presence and self-awareness, which is a much, you know, uh, a much more secular. I always get the two confused, secular and non-secular, the one that's not religious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's, it's a much more, you know, well, non-religious approach, right? And it's not about one or the other. I think the, the true value is um, the deep presence that, is felt and when somebody is doing whatever they're most connected with. And, um, also I think there's an element around like constant personal growth and evolution and knowing that as human beings, like we have an opportunity to become our best self every day. And that, that evolves and shifts and expands forever, you know, and that's something that we choose if we want to do that. And, you know, a lot of people choose, well, They don't know they're making a choice to live in a more victim mindset and they're just going to be stuck and, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, just going with the winds of life, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just reacting to whatever happens to them. Right. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, there's another set of people who really want to take life by the reins and say, I'm going to create this and this is my, my conscious choice. And I think that, um, I think that that's one of those are some of the things that really set our community apart. And uh, I absolutely mindfulness is a huge part of it. And I think that it's it's absolutely defined differently for different people. And um, that's one of the beauties about what I love most about the Meet Mindful community is that there's no judgment around what that looks like for you versus somebody else. Um, and if we can really connect on those shared values that we have around presence and doing good and contribution and expansion and connection and authenticity and whatever that is for you. Um, that's what matters the most. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm curious if you've ever seen this happen within meet mindful, but I think in general in dating, a lot of times people who aren't doing, I hate to use the work, but I'm going to use that for lack of a better way to put it right now, but not really doing the work in their own life. And in dating, they, I, I, I'll just speak from my own personal experiences. In my past, I've been with certain people that had potential to be a really good fit for me, but I was so hung up on wanting a person that had this quality or this quality. And if only they did this, if the, only they were more spiritual, if only they were this and that. 
Um, and so those relationships in front of me that might've worked didn't really work because I wasn't doing, I wasn't really embodying the practice of, of what I was looking for myself. And so I mm. wonder if you've ever, if you've ever seen or experienced, or if you notice this is a habit in dating or in meet mindful of people entering meet mindful thinking, Oh, well, I have a yoga practice. So if I can just find someone that also has a yoga practice, we will have the best relationship and it'll be amazing. <laughs> and they don't realize that, yes, even if you do have the same sort of practices and the same sort of lifestyle, there's still probably some wounds there that you want to heal together or heal on your own. But there's still deeper things besides just these surface lifestyles that we have. Like you like you, you like Thai massage and partner yoga, and we can connect on that all day, but relationships in their core. And what I believe is that they are there for healing. Relationships are there for healing and it's great to have a similar lifestyle, but there's always going to be deeper, deeper, deeper depths and work to do in any relationship. Even if you have the most perfect aligned lifestyle, there's still going to be triggers that come up. And the important thing is staying and, and being in the relationship, there's a difference, of course, between settling and staying. But even in those troubling times, learning how to stay and not jump just in the next relationship, because as I'm sure, I would also love to hear your thoughts about this. I'm kind of bouncing around now, but there's an abundant of people. There's an abundant of people, like especially with all these dating apps now, if you can get on Bumble and Tinder and now Meet Mindful and, and uh, OkCupid and Hinge, it's like there's so many choices and I know it's so easy to get distracted and have something perfect, perfectly good in front of you, but there's also all these other like options over here and then jumping around and not staying because there's so many, so many opportunities and so many people to discover. So if I could mm, try yeah. to find some sort of question out of that, out of everything I just, I have out, two thoughts. Oh, go for it. Yes, please. <laughs> So two things came up for me and I love, I love everything that you just shared. Um, and the first thing just to address your kind of, I'm a yogi, I need a yogi like example <clears throat> that used to be me. Um, and then I dated a hardcore yoga teacher and it was like the most, uh, one of the worst relationships I ever had. Um, and it, you know, I'm, I certainly wasn't ready, I think, to show up in the way that I would have liked to show up either, but, um, it's not about that at all. And so what I always urge people to do, um, and what's been really helpful for me is to get really clear on what it is that, that I want. And I'm sure you, you, speak to your coaching clients about this. Um, I imagine you do, you know, if we can really start to get clear on the qualities that we're looking for in a partner and qualities are not like surface level things. Qualities go much deeper than that. And, um, you know, I can say that I want to be with a man who is, who takes care of himself physically, uh, mind, body, spirit, and he's aware to the point where he's prioritizing those things on a regular basis. And that leaves room for him to be a cyclist, a yogi, um, a, a gym guy, a guy who's going to go climbing. I don't really care what it is because the fun thing is when I meet somebody who's different from me, who has different habits or different ways that they express that, 
uh, quality or that value, I get to learn something new. I get exposed to new stuff. So I think that's an awesome uh, bonus when you meet somebody who's different from you in that way. And if they have that shared value or quality that you're looking for, in, in my example, you know, honoring and, and wanting to uh, really nurture the health of your mind, body, spirit, then the likelihood that they're going to go to a yoga class when they've never done it with you because because it's something that you love and something that really contributes to your um, your spirit and your body, then they're going to be open to it because that's one of the things that they value. And so I think really focusing on qualities and and what somebody, you know, how they live their lives. What does it feel like to be around them? You know, what do you, what do you, what feelings are you looking for when you're sitting with them at dinner or laying in bed together? Um, I think when we get really clear on those inherent deeper qualities that we're looking for, we start to see them all around us. And to your point, there are thousands, millions of people out there. And, um, I read something somewhere where it said that on average, you fall in, one person will fall in love with every 1,200 people that they meet that are kind of within their criteria of, you know, age and gender and all that stuff. That's like a lot. That means that if it's one in 1,200, that does a lot of people on the planet. Like there are thousands of people that that we could fall in love with. And so I think just keep getting clear on what it is that we truly want allows us to really have our eyes wide open and recognize them when we see them. That's the first thing I'll say. The second that came to mind when you were saying that um, is around like, yeah, there's going to be work to do no matter who we're with. And this reminds me of a story. I had a boyfriend a couple of years ago who I was deeply in love with. And we were probably five years in, or five years, five months into our relationship. And we were having a really rough time. And we were fighting a lot and I was crying and and uh, it was super hard for me. And I was really scared about how much work it was going to take. And I'm blessed to have uh, a lot of amazing investors. And one of my investors has, well, his wife is, uh, her name is Annie Lala. And she's an incredible conscious relationship coach and works with couples. And one of her, one of her gifts, one of her specialties is, is conflict and conflict resolution. And Annie's been a dear friend and, and coach of mine um, over the years. And I called Annie during this time two years ago, and I'm crying, and I'm just, like, lamenting about how sad I am that this, this relationship is so much work. And I remember saying, you know, I love him so much, but Annie, it's so much work. Gosh, is it always going to be this much work, and is it really worth it? And she said something that I will never forget, and I pass it on as often as I can when it feels relevant, and it certainly does now. She said, there's always going to be work to do no matter who you're with. It's up to you to decide who you want to do the work with. And that's just like, like mind blown. I was like, oh, oh, okay. So that's what... That's what I've been looking for. Um, and it's something that I think when people are having trouble in their relationship, it's, it's a, it's a big thing to ponder. Um, and, and, you know, my, my current partner, like, is, I love solving problems with him. It's like the best. <laughs> and, um, what and makes it the I best never, out of curiosity? I, I, he is just so, like, that's a great question. What makes it the best? Uh, both of us 
are extremely vulnerable with each other to the point where I, if I want to solve a problem, like I actually have to get pretty vulnerable in, in order to do it. And, and so does he. Um, and we go there really easily with one another because we both uh, respect one another so much that you know, with respect comes the ability to become vulnerable and to feel safe. Right. Um, and so I'm constantly amazed by the fact that when I get to this level of vulnerability that I'm like, holy shit, this is something I've never done before. It actually pays off in, in spades or in dividends. I don't even know how to describe it. They're just like, it's such a huge payoff every time. And I find that to be really fun. <laughs> and so um, solving problems with him has just become this like, like I get really nerdy about it. And I just want to like, like get to that point of, um, okay, how can we both state what's going on and then clear up any confusion and, and basically come to an agreement moving forward on it. It could be something really small, you know, but um it's, it's, yeah, I hope that answers your question. Absolutely. Yeah. Because when you were saying you'll have work to do, it's just who do you want to do the work with? It then begs the question of how do you, how do you know when you are enjoying, kind of enjoying this work? Like you're at least present in the work. Like what are the, the qualities that you look for. And I love what you said as uh, it's, it's something that intrigues you. And it sounds like you're very present. You get very vulnerable. Um, you geek out on figuring out these problems. And if I'm looking at my own past and I'm thinking about the emails I received from, from women, I've done quite a bit of studying on attachment theories of being anxious. Oh yeah. Yeah. I feel like we could totally geek out on that. But um, those three types of attachments. So for people who are wondering, like, how do you know whenever you want to do the work with a particular person? I would really encourage people to look at how they feel when they're in the process of working through a problem with someone together. Do you feel unsafe? Do you feel dismissed? Do you feel belittled? Do you feel addicted? Because we can get addicted to people. That's what mm -hmm. the attachment theories tell us. We can get addicted to people. So to some extent, you have to be very, very self-aware to your heart and your intuition when you're asking yourself, is this someone you want to do the work with? Because for my case, I was with someone where if you had told me this a year and a half ago, I would have said, yes, I'll do the work with him. I'll do the work with him. But I was totally addicted to this guy, like so addicted. So we were in a semi-manipulative relationship and um, there were lies going on that I had no idea about until last year. But I was so attached to him in an anxious way because he was so avoidant that I would have wanted to do the work. But I have also experienced doing the work with someone who held space, who provided safety, who was not dismissive, who was loving and who listened. And while that cracked me open in a very vulnerable way where I was seen, I was safe. So I think mm. that's a big quality for me is feeling like the masculine person in the relationship. My partner is showing up to hold space for my vulnerability, for my tears, for however I'm going to be showing up. And that's now what I have learned about how I want to do the work with someone is how I really 
if I feel seen whenever we're doing this work, or if I'm feeling dismissed and, and I'm telling myself in my own head, oh, yeah, 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 I don't need to worry about that thing. It's a small thing. I'm being overly sensitive. Um, so I just wanted to add that in there because I feel that's a, a good angle to look at when you're asking this question. You know, I think that, um, and I'm, I'm loving that you brought up attachment theory, and I have this feeling that it's becoming more and more uh, recognized and understood and people are learning more about it. Like I was just in the infrared sauna the other day talking with a friend of mine about attachment styles because he's young. He's like 22. He's, he's just starting to get into this stuff and he'd never heard about it. And, you know, this guy wearing like a gold chain and a bunch of tattoos and um, it's kind of like I'm being super judgmental right now. The last person I would expect to speak up in a sauna and be like, yeah, I just finished reading this book attached because my therapist told me about it. And like, it's blown my mind and cracked my heart open. And I was like, Oh my God, <laughs> people are really talking about this now. This is amazing. Um, one of the things I'm noticing with, uh, the attachment and everything that you brought up is so key. I think for people to hear, um, I'll add one thing that I'm noticing is that I think that I've been with, <laughs> I think that I've attracted, I'm a classic avoidant attached or island, depending on what, what, um, you know, expert you're reading. And my, um, my tendency as I look back in my history has been to choose people who, um, having are extremely anxious attached. And, and I have always been put on like a pedestal and, and, you know, been chased and like, you know, always getting calls and texts. And, and I always thought it was like how love was shown. And it dawned on me, like, and as I'm in this new relationship that is so safe and so secure feeling and grounded and solid, that that is not how love is shown. That is how a lot of, um, that is, that is, that is a, you know, a certain type of attachment behavior and the way it uh, manifests in certain relationships. And I'm in a relationship that doesn't feel like that now. And so, and so what I've been, it, but in a great way, like it feels way more safe and solid. And, um, I don't, you know, he doesn't need to be chasing and, and like pedestaling me and all this stuff that I've experienced in the past because he's so secure. And, um, it's really interesting for me to experience that because what happens is I, I, you know, whether I don't get text back right away or like whatever stupid little stuff, um, I get to sit and go, Oh, that's not actually a problem. That's just me realizing that's just me noticing a different pattern than anything I've ever, uh, experienced before. So it's not actually an issue. It's just like me resetting what, um, what, secure attachment actually looks like and understanding what it actually looks like. And it's been a total trip for me. I'm loving it. And I, I get to discern if something's actually an issue versus um, if it's just me shedding like my expectations based on past patterns that weren't actually working for me. That's so empowering. So empowering being able to take that bird's eye view and look at what is happening or take a step back and ask yourself these questions because um, it's, it can be, it can be so easy to just continue on with every single relationship thinking that it's not us that need, need to change at all. Um, or that it's the, why do I keep attracting the same type of person? So frustrating, blah, blah, blah. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then being able to look at these types of attachments and then ask yourself, how are you contributing to it? Are you asking for all these text messages? Or are you asking for someone that is avoided and never responds to you? And what behaviors do you want to change within your own personal life, your self-care, your self-love to become what it is that you want? I was just having a conversation with someone, um, one of my clients actually about this yesterday and how she consistently is attracting people in her life that aren't showing up. They're just not showing up. They're not responding. They're not being vulnerable. They're not being available. And she, she is a vulnerable person. And so it was like, why is this happening? But when we looked at her own passions and her self-care, she abandons that when she Mm. finds someone. So even though she's like that when she's on her own, she's consistent. She's doing her meditation. She's doing her work. The minute she's with someone, she might abandon doing these projects or, or let them mm. go. And so she's attract, she's still attracting the same type of people because that's what's going on in her own life. Because we don't get what we want, we get what we are. So if you want to create something that is secure, are you secure with yourself? Are you anxious with yourself? Maybe you're attracting someone that's anxious. So I think this conversation is just abundantly in depth and and I would love to continue talking about this but I know our time is running out here so I'm glad we got to touch on that um yeah and maybe I we'll... love that you go there with your clients and on your show that's great thank you yeah and I'm I'm just I'm so I just want to let you know I'm so in awe of all that you've built and created it's really inspiring to see especially in this age of the the divine feminine women coming up and creating these powerful businesses and doing it for for community too because i think the feminine has this really powerful ability to bring together community and that's where your entire business was really started was from this desire for community and a yearning and a longing and also knowing that you were capable of doing all of these things. So you're a beautiful representation of this divine feminine and the divine masculine of having these dreams, but also putting them into action. Mm, thank you so much. Yeah, it's been it's been quite a uh, a journey over the years, and and I have to say that one of my themes for this year is um, goddess embodiment, and and really um, making sure that I'm prioritizing that above all else, and much less of the doing. You know, I've been a very great. A plus type A doer for a long time. And, uh, and that energy is never going to go away. You know, that's, that's, it's not something I want to have go away. It's allowed me to, to execute and, and rally and, and inspire and build. And what I'm really excited about is just prioritizing, um, you know, really focusing on and building and nurturing and stoking that divine goddess fire and embodying that because I, fully believe that both can exist in harmony and not only just exist in harmony, but when they come together, there's like this ridiculously incredible alchemy that can happen. And I think the world's ready for that. Absolutely. Okay. (laughs) Very last thing. I'm going to ask you three questions for the divine deep dive round. Okay. All right. Number one, what is one must read book? The book I always go back to is the alchemist. I could read that thing over and over. I love that book. There's one line, um, and I, I quote it all the time. I had to read it, and then I can go on it because I can't really remember it always. But his um, his quote is, 
that always to trust your intuition over reason because reasoning will tell you that the time is not yet right. The time is not yet now. And intuition mm. will always be based off of something like heart or something like that. But yeah, it's just such a powerful quote. Oh, um, I love it. And the one I always go back to is, um, shoot, I'm not going to be able to remember it either, but something to the effect of, uh, when, when you, when you know and state what it is that you're looking for, all the universe conspires to help you find it. Oh, boom. I love that. Oh, gosh. Such a powerful book. I need to go back and read that again. Okay. Great must read book. Um, oh, I have another one. Ooh, Wait, sure. I have a second one. I'm going to yeah. cheat. Um, Come as you are. Oh, I have that book right next to me right now. Have you been reading it? I, well, I put it, I put it down for a bit of time. Um, but for the first like hundred, 200 pages, loving it. It's really good. I audiobooked that one. Um, come as you are, mm. I think is like every woman's must read about really understanding female sexuality and sexuality in general and debunking all the myths of the bullshit that the patriarchy has told us about our own sexuality and actually yeah. becoming empowered to understand how it works and how to affect it. I might get that on audiobook because I think that is definitely a good audiobook to listen to. But yeah, I highly recommend that as well. Um, what is your favorite meal right now? Okay, I just got an instant pot for my birthday in December. <laughs> And I'm obsessed with this thing. I make everything in my Instant Pot because it is so convenient. And um, there's this super yummy, like, lamb curry that I've been making. And mm. there's the new Whole Foods that's right next to my apartment in downtown Denver. And so I've been, like enjoying buying meat for the first time in my life. Um, and so I've been getting into the stews and it's, you know, it's really warm today and we're coming into spring, but uh, all winter I've been just like geeking out over beef and, and lamb stews and curries. Well, it's supposed to snow like 12 inches tonight. So maybe you'll be able to do it again. That's right. And then Suda. guess what? I'm going, I'm going on a, a romantic surprise getaway to Beaver Creek this weekend. So oh. we're going to get like sunshine and powder. Oh, so nice. That'll be a blast. Kind of yeah. jealous. Um, okay. Last question. What is your mantra right now? So a word that I am holding with me closely right now is sincerity. Um, I am as part of this commitment to divine goddess embodiment this year has really been to remind myself to be sincere and all every moment that I can possibly remember to in that moment. <laughs> um, sincerity is something that I think is really undervalued and, um, that's that's what I remind myself of on a daily basis. I love that word. And I haven't had that get highlighted in my life recently. So thank you for that reminder, sincerity. Yeah. It really isn't a word that is spoken of all too much. So that's lovely. Thank you for sharing that. And Amy, just thank you for coming on the show and sharing all of your beautiful insight and experiences 
And this balance, you've, we'll probably have to have you on again, actually, to go in deeper to the balance of having a, a career and also having your self-care and your personal life. But for all oh, the I other... I love talking about that. <laughs> yeah, it's a really Each good one. topic. It's really important. But everything happens for a reason. I know everything that we covered today is so meant to be. So I just have to say thank you for coming on the Mind Body Musing show. And I will make sure that all of the links to Meet Mindful and anywhere anyone can connect with Meet Mindful and you are on the show notes for this episode. Thank you so much. It was awesome chatting with you, Madeline. Everyone, this is episode 196. We are getting on up there. If you want to check out the books that she mentioned, as well as check out Meet Mindful if you are single, then head on over to the show notes for this. And I also have three free gifts for you on the free gift page, including a new ebook. The Five Divinely Feminine Tools for Decreasing Anxiety and Stress. So you can check that out, grab that for free, and I'll see you guys next Wednesday. 